Ziggy Gets It Wrong, a Quantum Leap podcast. I'm your host, Brian Levy. That's one of your hosts, Evan the Mayor. You're the host? Yeah. Co-host. And that's another one of your hosts, Casey the Casem. Hi, guys. Howdy. We are experimenting with new equipment, so if these musics are weird or something or if something's wrong, we'll know about it after the fact. We'll what? drink to, to... We should drink to Brian. Drink to Brian? Oh, yeah, for Brian. figuring... <laughs> Figuring out the soundboard. Uh, technical difficulties, growing pains, as I call them. A delightful television show. Brian, you can't plug that in there. <laughs> yes, I can. Watch me. 97% chance that this solves the problem. Okay, we are going to talk about episodes 21 and 22 of uh, the old quantum, quantum leaps, as I like to call it. <clears throat> Animal frat and another mother. Oh, my lord. Oh, uh, I have so many thoughts about the second of these episodes, and you know, and I don't mind going over today because lots of thoughts. Well, so these, I think, we could really look at together because they're written by the same person. Okay. Mm. But allow me to. We we should before we get started though. We should take a minute because people are actually listening to the show now. Yeah. Like it's taking this long. Hey, Casey, Casey, these are these episodes are out of time. Okay. <laughs> As far as everybody knows, they've been recorded within the last two weeks. Okay. Uh, episode one was absolutely not recorded five months ago. We've just been working really hard for <laughs> like two weeks straight. Trying to develop the finest product we can possibly develop. We just pretended like we were doing stuff for five months. <laughs> and, then we've, and then we've ended up with this. Uh, yeah. So before uh, we jump in, let me read you. Brian has a handwritten. Brian, did you. What, was this written when you were a child? This was written two or three hours ago. Uh, oh, okay. It, it looks as if it was something that you wrote when you were like 10. Nope. What What is it? Read it. Well, Wait, oh, is it show notes? I should do that next time for next week. Gotcha. I will do it, and then we'll compare and see whose handwriting is worse. So just allow me to give you... Uh, I'd like to correct myself. This is episodes 21 and 22 of uh, Quantum Leap. Yeah. Uh, so let me give you a, a, an episode synopsis for Animal Frat. Gotcha. Sam continues God's quest to get dudes laid. This time it's Wild Thing, a frat boy in 1967 college, which is very different from 2018 college. Also, there may be a bomb. Um, yeah, my, my entry line to this episode was, Sam has to expressly express in the intro that leaping is a truly rewarding experience. No matter what I'm doing, I guess I like it. Even though he is essentially being tortured by God. So it's basically Animal House set in the Quantum Leap universe. With one, and, with, with one scene from Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. Right. And so uh, Evan's uh, synopsis gave me an idea is that like in the alternate universe or the reboot of Quantum Leap, instead of being like him trying to set the record st- like t- to correct things that went wrong, it's he's being tortured by God for his like ill, like for science. Like he was like testing on animals and stuff. Sure. So now he's being tortured by God. Well, so uh, God intervenes basically saying, like, you guys are trying to fuck around with time travel, and I'm going to... Now you got to fix tiny little problems. But but is he being tortured, though? Because, like, in the first five minutes, he goes up to his room, and there's two girls in his bed that are like, where'd you go? Okay, 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 okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Here's what I said. In the first five minutes of the show, I said, have the writers ever been to a keg party? These fucking guys continue to make noises and jostle the keg after Sam gets up and says he's going to the bathroom, and the keg weighs, like... 20 
thousand pounds, and why isn't there a tap on it? Unbelievable. Sam exclaims at the sight of three people dancing on a table. Sam, this entire episode should be entitled, Sam is a professional wet blanket. Uh, this is very true. So, one of the things I like about Casey's idea about Sam being tortured, and the reason he's not being tortured in these episodes, he has no emotional arc. There is nothing that Sam needs to atone for. He's just this good guy doing this good stuff. And that's fine. He's a white knight. That's great. Um, no, because because this episode, they, they take a minute to remind you that, yes, Sam has an older brother that died in Vietnam. You're right. Because the whole episode is about... You know, Vietnam protests on campus. That's basically how he tricks the young lady into going to the luau with him by weeping about his his, uh, dead brother. God, I have so many problems with this episode. Like, he shouts this in the middle of, like, what what year was this set in? 1967. Oh, by the way, October 19th, 1967. What happened on that day? The Mariner 5 makes a flyby of Venus. Hmm. That's it. Bobby Kennedy died? I don't know. (laughs) How long were they in Vietnam in 67? Oh, they'd been in there for uh, a couple of years. Yeah, okay, but like, years. I feel like at that point in the episode when Sam just shouts in the middle of the library that he had a brother that died in Vietnam, that somebody that knew him would be like, "Dude, you you never told me you had a brother." Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're a wild thing. You're Newt. K N U T. Exactly. Uh, also, Sam is a gigantic. Getting back to this wet blanket thing, he's a fucking pussy. He could have had a threesome with twins. I'm assuming those are twins. Those are twins. If you look at the IMDb, their names are Kristen and Jessica. You got to be out of your. Fi- are you kidding me? Look, look. If I'm being tortured by God and being forced to jump from body to body, solving small problems in the universe, I'm going to assume that those two twins in my bed are like. Here, yeah. here you go, buddy. It's like, at what point is like your consolation? So here's the here's the, I was thinking about this as well. If he doesn't do these things that Newt, the person that he has jumped into, Newt. would would have done, like does that mess up the the, the space time continuum? Are you, so you're asking, is this like if he doesn't have a scenario? Like if he doesn't have a threesome with these girls, who clearly Wild Thing was going to, does that so screw up the this. time continuum? In Back to the Future, Marty gets locked in the trunk when he's supposed to like, uh, you know, uh, be harassing Lorraine in the car and then George McFly is supposed to stop him and you know save Lorraine and fall in love and all that stuff instead it's Biff and George ends up hitting Biff and Marty says gosh doc my dad's never hit anybody in his life and that then sends ripples through the um, you know space time making George a celebrated artist uh, our author who plays tennis and all that stuff. And then Biff and then basically cuckolds Biff. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so the question is, by not sleeping with these twins, does um, do rumors then start on campus leading Wild Thing to a is lack he a ga- of confidence? Is this, he a gamo? Like, is he, yes. Does Sam effectively cuckold Wild Thing? I say the answer is no. Because Wild Thing and Elizabeth have fallen in love. But here's the other Did problem. they know? No, they did Sam and Elizabeth fell in love. <laughs> and now Wild Thing just like, Duh. Oh, so you're here? That's cool. I'll, I'll go with it. You look cute with those Native American earrings. It's basically like, what? remember um, Jamie, the uh, or, or uh, Jamie Lynn or whatever, the um, the girl from uh, the, To Catch a Falling Star? No, the, the Watergate episode with the professor and the like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like what happens when she and her boyfriend also went to college and like they fell in love again. It's 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 the same two characters. Um yeah, it it, it okay. 
ugly pro- Professor Jerry was the episode. Let's get to some of the other tropes that we do on this show. There is an 87.6% chance that you're here to help Elizabeth Spokane, who is going to bomb the chemistry building for some reason. Al has some sort of glowing thing in his jacket. Elizabeth is played by Stacey Edwards. Uh, uh, oh, okay, this is your trope on the show. Who works a ton. It's silly to even like go down her list because she is in two or three episodes of primetime shows a year. Oh. Like, she's making money. Now, uh, but her my favorite role of hers, she played Evan's mom in Superbad. Oh, very good. Uh, I would like to note that we are not playing what Al wears this episode. I'm playing what Duck wears. Yeah. Duck wears a black beret, a leopard print vest, and a salmon shirt with a one of those, not a puka shell, What's the other thing? The op- the the little shell necklace. Oh yeah, they're puka shell. Yeah, surfer shell necklace. Uh, he's he's a terrorist. He has the ability to teleport because he just shows up wherever. Hey, I'm in this doorway now. Whenever it's convenient, including the finale of the episode in which a bomb explodes in midair and no one gets in trouble. Uh, just they didn't notice. It was like a firework. Ah, oh, frats. It was a prank. Yeah, as soon as it was revealed that there were two bombs, not one but two, and the second bomb is strapped to an oxygen tank, I was like, oh, that's a real explosive. Yeah. But the, the the one thing where it was just three dynamite sticks and a fucking locker, like, no, nah, that's not going to so, do anything. I mean, here's the thing. So at one point, there's a whole sequence where, um, speaking of the professional wet blanket, where Al tells fucking Stan, like, Sam, hey, such you got to screw around and act like a jock for a couple of hours and kill some time. Where they go and do just practical jokes, including throwing cherry bombs in the toilet. But that okay, so I love that trope. That was the old trope. You put you flush a cherry bomb down the toilet, and every toilet in the building immediately issues a geyser out of itself. Yeah, it gets down to the main line, sending it all the way up through the. In the I don't think that's how that works. I don't think so. Has anyone ever done that? No, but no. I, we got an elementary school right across the street. <laughs> Let's try it. That's true. It's true. <laughs> But so then, so then that triggers the conversation between Sam and then the uh, I forget her name already, but the, the Elizabeth. Elizabeth, and she says, "You know what? That's a great idea. Let's throw, let's make a bomb." And she's like, "We wouldn't have thought about it if it wasn't for you, because your cherry bomb prank so, just went viral across the and campus." And this is this is the theme that I'm starting to notice emerging from these episodes is that Sam is the root cause of all of these fucking problems, which is another. Callback to my theory that God is just fucking with him, torturing him, also- because he makes poor decisions and then sets up the, the the problem that he has to solve himself, right? But it's also silly to believe what Elizabeth is saying because it's not like this campus revolutionary group has never heard of like the Weathermen. Or- what the fu- what the fuck is this college campus doing in the chemistry department that is contributing to the Vietnam War? They what could they napalm. possibly be doing? They made napalm. It ain't Berkeley. Like, it's did they invent Agent not- Orange? So, but here's the thing. I actually believe that it takes place at Meeks College, right? Yeah. I believe it is a University of Chicago stand-in. Okay. Because, you know, they had the Fermi Lab underneath the football stadium. Um, I just can't. Okay. But, so, but, but I Sam work Lee- for the federal government. But when Sam leaps into Wild Thing, he's wearing a 51 uh, Dick Butkus jersey. Dick Butkus. You know, played for the Bears. No, I... The, the, Ooh. Berkeley University of Chicago did a lot of work for the government, a lot of weapons research on Agent Orange and stuff. Who, how, what, uh, okay, so again, so I, I, I work for the Department of Defense, and 
there there is no like biological weapons like not, funding. Not anymore. So, so, not, so not so anymore. This is the most but what I'm unbelie- saying is like, why would you fund a university to do that and not like some sort of company? Because companies weren't doing that. Back that's then. weird. So this is the most unbelievable part in the show where the main character is is leaping through time and inhabiting <laughs> other people's bodies. He's actually, oh, excuse me, he's not inhabiting their bodies. His body is replacing their body, but everybody sees him but the as them. Is still there. Correct, Casey. You've nailed it. Kind of. And then you're heartbreaking on the fact that this shut university... Up. Casey, shut up. <laughs> Did you guys shut your mouth. The library uh, that Elizabeth was hanging out in, what movie was that library used in? Ghostbusters? No, it's the Breakfast Club library. Oh, okay. Oh, the stairs are where um, Bender throws that piece of ham. Mm. Uh, all right, so we've got the Ziggy Chances, the hippie dude, the... Oh, I enjoyed the fact that Elizabeth was lecturing a fucking chemistry teacher about the the policies of the university. Like, he has any control over this that. This is my least favorite trope uh, of any t- of TV shows and movies in general. Where high school students apparently are smarter than all the adults. No, where, <laughs> where you're in a uh, basically a chemistry class, yet you're talking about the ethics of... Uh, uh, educational institution, right? Which really has nothing to do with that. Excuse me, adjunct professor, I'd like to speak with you about the government contracts, right? The, uh, that you have absolutely thing. no influence and, and on. And then he exclaimed, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." Right, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's like it's like when uh, Mr. Feeney is teaching history, but he's also giving out like the home ec babies, and I'm like, "What the fuck's going on here, Feeney? Don't you got shit to do?" I just want to underline the fact that no one got in trouble. For bombing the chemistry department. Pre 9 11, man. It's so, a different world. What I don't understand is in the climax of that episode where they're trying to disarm the bomb. The bombs. The bombs. So they disarm the first bomb. Bomb, 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 bomb. bomb. And then we find that there's a second one because uh, Duck did not trust Elizabeth. So and then, what, what like Duck's doing in the building? He just fucking magically shows up in the chemistry lab where it's just deliberately set up so that Sam and him can break a bunch of shit also, and then he can choke minutes. him out and tell they him to... two minutes before it explodes he and they're not like, he, oh shit, let's get out of the building. He knows that hidden bomb is there that they're not supposed to find and he's still in the building. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, this this it, episode is also peppered with multiple virgin jokes, which is a, another recurring theme that we're going to get into real shortly. Uh, <laughs> so then they find so they find the bomb. They use a call back to earlier when you first meet Elizabeth, where they have the rubber tubing and they slingshot the bomb out of the window with all the frat boys. Remember the part in the classroom, in the chemistry classroom, where they're still playing around with the the tubing, yeah. and the one kid takes a hit off the tubing, and it's apparently full of helium, and he he, no. he has a high voice. What? What, wait, do they have a main line on helium? Yeah, where did that helium come from? Where did that come from? Also, uh, this episode came out long before they were doing the same thing in PCU. <laughs> so I'd like to believe that the people who wrote yeah, PCU ripped them off. Um, Elizabeth basically gets boom-splained. That's a new term I've invented. Boom-splained? When a baby boomer explains things to people that are young. Yeah, but And Elizabeth- basically says to her, it's not about the war. It's about your daddy. Hey, Elizabeth, I know you're a baby boomer also living through the Vietnam War, <laughs> but allow me to tell you what it really is. Yeah, let me boom-splain you some stuff. Yeah. But- you don't like your parents. That's why you're protesting the war. So he's, boo- so he's a baby boomer boom-splaining the war to, to another boom- baby boomer? To a boomer. <laughs> Listen, child. Yeah, he's actually become, like, the enemy at this point. He's like, 
Let me tell you as he's the man what the Vietnam War actually is because he knows how it ends. It's very convenient for him to explain to a college student. Allow me to tell you about the evacuation of Saigon. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's oh. a there's a good picture about it. <laughs> God, I hate. But then, I so hate this to episode. further your point about uh, about Sam being punished by God. Um, he solves what Ziggy said was the problem, which was that the bomb was going to explode, someone was going to die. Uh, they resolve that issue. He still doesn't leave. So here's here's the tr- the, uh, the other thing we do on every episode. Did Ziggy get it right? Ziggy no. did not get it right. Ziggy changed his or her fucking mind. The goalposts move. Ziggy did not give the full. Well, Ziggy, Ziggy. To be fair, Ziggy doesn't change its mind. It's not up to Ziggy whether or not. Sam leaps. It's up to God. Up to God. Oh, yeah, and, and it comes down to it's like, oh yeah, you did actually do that. Here's the thing though, this kid is fucking dumb. We're gonna give him a couple of freebies, and then you're gonna. He has to jump into a pool to leap. Are you because, out? Of, because survive the the jump into the pool. Yes, because in the original timeline, the wild thing jumps into the pool during the luau and breaks his neck and is paralyzed. Stupid. His life. Stupid. Which is something you would have thought that the Ziggy would have figured out like five minutes after. Uh, you know, Sam leaped into Ziggy. And then, Ziggy. Um, Ziggy. Sam leaps into the wild thing. I actually, no, I like this episode only because it, it illustrates, you know, what happens on a 24 episode season of television Ugh. with no, like, big. Bad. It's it's so slow. It's just the same thing. It, it's. It, it, he's being tortured because he, he does this brave, noble thing and they're like, nah, son, you got to jump into a pool. Sam break convinces. Uh, okay, <laughs> Sam is inhabiting the body of a jock, right? And he convinces this hippie activist. To go to a luau POA, by calling her a chicken, by going buck 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 buck, and she just like turns around and is like, hmm, okay. So I wonder if this was before, or after, um, Back to the Future came so out. So Back to the Future. Oh yeah, don't call me a chicken. Oh wow, I forgot. Chicken doesn't happen until Back to the Future Part Two. It has. It is not huh. in Back to the Future One at all. Okay. It's not a problem they have. All right. All right. Well, uh, at the end of this episode, episode twenty-one. Sam leaps into a woman, and he says, oh, boy, I'm I'm a mommy. Allow me to read you my episode synopsis. I have no problem with spending literally an hour talking about this episode. There's a lot going on. Sam leaps into a single mother and must keep the lady's son a virgin because Sam is the only one allowed to have sex. No, that's (laughs) not what happened. (laughs) Of course, the other party was a couple of guys in a rape van, so good job, I guess. (laughs) Um, first of all, this is an episode in which the voiceover for the intro changes to a man, and it's a terrible intro. It's, yeah. it's like a ripoff of the A-Team. It, yes, it is. It's like, Sam Beckett, astrophysicist, jumps into... I he did, no, he's like, he's tired. Like it, 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 He's it, burned out and about to get defunded, so he jumps into go. the particle accelerator uh, ahead of time. I absolutely hate this intro. It's really bad. <laughs> the best intro is, of course, the lady. Yeah. Uh, this she intro, has a soft, gentle voice. This intro is just—it's terrible. Terrible. The lady. See, I like to think that the lady that does the intro is Ziggy. Is, is Gene Roddenberry's wife? No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's Ziggy. Like that's Ziggy telling you. Yeah, sure. Hi, Doctor Beckett. Yeah, yeah. You know, Doctor Beckett. Doctor Beckett. Was, September thirtieth, nineteen eighty-one. Nothing happened. It's basically like the future. Uh, the ep- like Sam leaps into last week. The episode title is Another Mother. Uh, Sam leaps into a housewife who is recently divorced, who is raised, who's, who's raising three kids and has a real estate license. And her oldest this- son is 15, who apparently poor, bad, bad with the ladies, but knows, it's like has the wisdom 
something on you. Like speaking from personal experience, you know, fifteen hyper intelligent fifteen year olds are generally, you know, just inexperienced with ladies. This introduces the theory that I have, other than you know, God is punishing Sam for some reason and torturing. But the Quantum Leap universe, the show that this uh, show, I'm sorry, the universe that this show operates in. Is hell bent on torturing adolescent males? You had Cam and Kamikaze Kid. Right. Right? We did Cam, didn't we? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> last week, not five months ago. Uh, we did Cam. <laughs> you had Cam and Kamikaze Kid. Uh-huh. And then there's some others. There's another. There, did we do the rabbi yet? Uh, <laughs> I think we did. I don't know. The, <laughs> at least there was, there's definitely an episode. At least a flat, like the like upcoming thing where he leaves it to the rabbi. Okay. Oi, as they say, oi boy. Yeah. <laughs> oi, <Ben. laughs> um, My point, me point being, uh, there are. It's just nonstop fucking belligerent. You're a virgin. You're 15. You should be getting laid. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? You fucking it's, pussy. It's, the 80s were apparently were, were a bad time One for... One of the kids is dressed up like uh, the Hobbit kid from Wet Hot American Summer. And even... Yes, even yes. Yeah, a, what, got, what got really weird is that the kids are like, we're all fucking into D&D and shit, and we're pre- pretending to be like wizards and whatnot. And they're like, but this fucker, he's a... He's a C-lister. He's not getting laid, Look so we're going to make fun of him. Ben Halen t-shirt. The 80s were a bad time for adolescent males. Uh, and they just needed to make the 80s great again. Did, now, so did you see <laughs> who um, Michael Stoyanov, what, what his, do you know what his most famous role is? No. Uh, he was on Blossom. He was, he was Blossom's alcoholic brother, Anthony Russo. Oh. Important. I, I like, I like him. I thought he was hilarious. He made a couple of great acting choices I'd like to discuss. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the most important aspect of this episode Teresa? is Teresa. Oh, no, let me finish with Kevin. Okay. At one point, he does this great um, Rod Sterling, where he's you know, oh yeah, a single mother. But like, it, that's the point in time where Rod Sterling would look into the camera and speak to the audience. Except for the fact that he's playing a kid in his house, he doesn't know that there's a camera there that he can actually look at. So he's like looking kind of right to, uh, to the right of the camera. I thought that was really awesome. And then he did a really good Yoda. Uh, at one point, he does defend uh, his lady's honor. And that's when Al's like, way to go, kid. You really got it right there. You know, Wait, Al, who is a serial fucking womanizer and a piece of shit. Why did not call that 15-year-old a slut? You know, good move. Uh, yeah, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, the girl? Jackie. Jackie. She's a bit. She's a total bitch. Yeah. Like, she goes along with this plan to basically ruin this kid's life. I are, oh, wait. You know, if you go... I'm the, if you go to the dance, the class president, you're immediately the queen of the ball. Ooh. So if we, I guess we can't go. I already told my mother. She basically says to Kevin, she's like, go go across the room and take your clothes off. Okay? I'm going to put another tape in. So both of these episodes were written by Deborah Perl. We, 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 we Democrat. Jumped, we jumped Democrat. ahead. All right, all right, hold on. Let's get back to Teresa. So, no, no. We jumped ahead to the, like, we skipped over the most important plot point. Of the There's episode. a couple of them because Teresa's an incredibly important plot point. And not only that, but the van with the two child <laughs> predators. We forgot the most, throughout. We forgot the most <laughs> basic part of the episode where the, the, the youngest child can see Sam yes. and Al. Yes, Teresa. So, and is scared to death. Where's my mom? Here, I feel like they handled it well. Here, here yeah, I, I, I thought at first, like, they're just going to breeze past this without any explanation. But then Ziggy chimes in and says, uh, 
uh, uh, Ziggy. You can see the truth. Ziggy says that kids under the age of five exist in a natural alpha state. So that's it. What, what's that thing that Jenny McCarthy thinks her kid is? Uh, uh, not autistic, the Gemini child or some shit. Hashtag winning. No, I thought he was autistic, and that's why you can't have no, vaccines. But, there, but there's some like you know a lavender kid or something. But it go, it, 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 it go, the explanation goes further. It says animals and children are pure of heart. They see right through you. She sees only the truth. This child is going to be so fucking traumatized. That was my note. Do they? Does she remember this later in life? Probably. Probably. But then, then they like. What was the deal with that? They time? fucking lie to this kid so badly. So right after Al says, "Hey, we just gotta tell her the truth," and then she's like, "So are you angels?" And Al immediately goes, "Yep, yes, we're, we're angels." angels. And, and then, then at the end of the episode, he's like, "I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back to see you again." She says, "Hey, can you fix my dolly?" And he says, "Sam, he he's the dolly elf. So not only is Sam an angel, he's also, he's also an, elf. an elf. Yeah. But does like does not only that, but the intercept apparently is capable of projecting holograms of dinosaurs." Called the intercept. What did I call it? Yes, the intercept. Is that not what it's? No, that's Chuck. Oh, (laughs) what's what's the The name of the link? The hand link. Okay. So, but here's here's a question, and I would read this expanded universe novel. It's 1999. Teresa is a 23-year-old college graduate looking for something to do with her life with her life she All joins the quantum leap she's, she's working at starbucks you know it's like i wish i knew what to do with my math and quantum physics degree <laughs> and all of a sudden here's like here's hello teresa <laughs> yeah 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 i told you i'd be back i told you i'd see you again and we need you to help sam <laughs> that's that's my quantum leap. You got it. You got that. That's, I like it. I like you it. You write it. I think you should write it. I mean, that's the answer. Teresa's game. Did you see? Did you did you look up who was playing Teresa? No. Her name is Troyan. Ooh. Belisario. <gasps> Troyan. It's Donald Belisario, creator of Quantum Leap's daughter. Oh. <laughs> that would explain some of the poor acting. No. Are you okay? I wrote. This but then, down. so that's but, not my mommy. That's a man. And that's a guy in a yucky shirt. Is the great? <laughs> oh yeah, because Al. Uh, uh, this is the other thing I dressed usually like do. He's dressed like a fucking leprechaun, and his quote is, uh, "This is cutting edge and stuff." He's wearing a tie that looks like it's Swiss cheese. It literally has like cuts out the side it's, of it. It's like a Cheryl Crow dress with that of the big shark bites in the middle. Uh, at one point, Kevin does like when when Teresa's flipping out. She's like, "You know, that's what you get for watching too much Sesame Street." I'm like, "What a fucking hipster!" I didn't be selling donuts on the corner. I did enjoy the line from the the middle daughter that said, "I'm 11. I'm not getting my psych degree for another 15 years," which puts her at 26 when she's getting her psych degree. Yeah, uh, college and then four years of medical school. Well, no, you can get your psych degree in college at 21 years old. Oh, okay. What do you know about degrees? You don't even God, have one. Goddamn. <laughs> she was she was my favorite. She she's really a really good little actress. She comes back at the uh, beginning of season three. Oh, okay. Not, not the same character. She's playing someone else. <laughs> that this was the '80s when people didn't really give a shit about things. Yeah. Like that. All right. Now let's talk about the sexual predators because we don't even. Se- First of all, I thought it was one guy oh. until we see the inside of the van. It's two guys. Driving around in a rape van. They're driving around in a rape van, and they they get disappointed at one point when the school bus drops off the kids, and then the parents come to pick up the kids, and they're like, darn it. And when... do the cutaways, like, every 15 minutes to this, like, rape van driving down the highway. Yeah, the van... Like, they're driving across country to abduct this kid. Yeah, the van is just slowly making its way towards Scottsdale, Arizona. (laughs) And then when Kevin runs away from his embarrassing moment... 
there is no footage of him being kidnapped by these sexual predators. Uh, he's just in the back of the van with tape over his mouth, tape binding his wrists, but he is otherwise unrestrained. He is not, let, let's say, a exactly jacked kid, but I'd like to think that 15-year-old, you know, what? grown adult kid... We're- could at least fight back a little bit. How frail is this boy that he can't, like, fight against these two, like, cigarette-addled men? And they didn't even, like, tie him down. He's just in the back of the van, like, cowering away. But I could stand up, right? Remember, though, that knife, it might be sharp. It might be sharp. (laughs) That's what Al says. Careful, Sam, it might be sharp. This is also the first... Giant crocodile Dundee knife. It is. And this is the first time that I've noticed that Al... Uh, disappears and reappears not through a light a light doorway a, a, a doorway of light but he poofs in in a glitter cloud so when he leaves uh when he leaves the um the observation room the, there is the door the whoosh whoosh door right but if he just wants to change his perspective when Shuggy or whoever what's uh, her name Gushy Gushy Gushy's a he and he has bad breath okay Gushy uh, has bad breath but if Al just wants to change his perspective <laughs> Gushy send me on Al again I mean on Sam again it's exactly he can just like boosh you know pop boosh <laughs> but he does that in a poof, a poof of glitter no not poof goosh a goosh of glitter <laughs> title of the episode a goosh of glitter yeah um <laughs> And then, okay, so, and then when they're in the back of the van, Sam shows up. In, okay. <laughs> Sam shows up. Bear in mind, he's a woman, right? And, the, and the, the child predator tears open his blouse, and then he starts spin-kicking them because he knows Muay Thai and all these other various martial arts. Sam is a multiple black belt. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So he's very sti- bad choreography. He's still a woman, and his his tits are still hanging out while he's <laughs> punching and kicking these guys. And when he gets into the back of the van to rescue his own son, no one mentions it. Nobody says anything about the fact that mom's titties are hanging out. Whoa, mom! Why'd you put them away there? That'd be cool. <laughs> like, and normally, that's something that like Al would be all about. Did you hear the shit that those kids were talking about? Though, man, if that was my mom, I'd be a virgin too. Like. Did then, you want to fuck the mom, or did you, they think she was a bitch? What was going on? Yeah, the, the kids are awful. And then at the end of the episode, when the, the girl, who for all intents and purposes is a horrible person, comes up to Kevin and is like, hey, I'd like to take you to this dance, and starts making out with him in the middle of the cafeteria, and everyone's yeah, like, she Kevin, me. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Like, like, people don't make out in the cafeteria all day, every day. I, re- I remember high school, and there are always at least six to eight people. I went to an all boys school, so that would have been unusual oh, if that. <laughs> there were at least four couples. I need to see that alternate alternative take. Where's an I all boys school? So, uh, <laughs> so I did love though, like because they're like, you don't want to go to the dance with that virgin, and she's like, virgin, get it right or whatever, you know, yeah. like. So get real. And get, then like, no, are, you know, she said, "Are you kidding?" And then sticks her tongue down his throat. Yeah. Like, so did she just like? Cause then she say she is she a virgin or what? We, I don't know because the the other the other dickhead boys are like she's been with the entire track team. And Kevin was like, no, that's not true, true. Actually, bro. That's not cool. But like you know, he was. Real but it's the eighties. It. But it's the eighties. So no, no, she wasn't. Like, hey man, why don't you be like, hey, back off? Don't say that about a lady. You know, mm. but so he's like, no, it's a lie. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to, like, look, open your Webster's dictionary and look at the definition of toxic masculinity, like, it's those kids. It's this the fucking episode. Honestly, it's almost like Sam had leaped into Kevin. Also, <laughs> oh yeah, a wet blanket leaping into a wet blanket for sure. 
Kevin's a pussy. And <laughs> wait, till, wait till Sam leaps into Dr. Ruth. Uh-oh. Oh, That's a real oh, oh, okay. Professionally. But, okay. What really bothered me about the episode, though, was like the two, the rape van was just like a generic bad guy from the 80s. Oh, like, oh not like only that. Stranger danger shit. But once, like, once Sam dispatches the villains, they just drive away. Like, they don't like, call the cops and say, hey, there's a child predator on the loose uh, trying to rape and kill children. I think I taught them their lesson. Not only oh. that, but we've we now have learned that Ziggy can pinpoint the location of people at any given point, like anybody, right? And knows everybody's life story and this and that and the other. Why the fuck do they need Sam to solve the crime? Well, like they, they still need their agent. They what? still need their person to do it. But they, okay, so at but the then, beginning... Then they should at the give beginning, them a map and say, Sam, do this why shit. Did, why, didn't, why didn't somebody call the cops and be like, hey, I need you to put a roadblock up? At the beginning of the episode, they're like, uh, Kevin goes missing, He his no, clothes are cl- found bloody. You can't do that. You can't do that. Because, because if they know that his clothes fi- are found bloody in a van six months after he disappears, then they know the fucking license plate. Because that's the fucking van. They know the van. They could just say to Sam, Again. "Here's the vice, the, the the license plate number of this van." You're thinking like, like a human being. No, you're thinking like it's 2018. <laughs> it's 1981. It doesn't matter. There are no cell phones. There are very few computers. There's law enforcement. But, but you have Ziggy. <laughs> but you don't have like recognition. Like somebody has to put eyes on that license plate and know that they're looking for that license plate. It's it's point. very slowly driving through the badlands of Arizona. We we can easily identify it. Also, these guys are on a fucking child rape vacation sightseeing tour of America. You don't think they've got a couple of license plates? Here's, let's assume that they've killed other children. They just leave those guys lying on the ground for them to wake up and kill more children. Well, no, that, Thanks, God. That is a problem that should have been, you know, glad we waited for the cops. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, that would have been cool. Like Something. A cutaway that just says, like, good thing those guys are behind bars. But, but, uh, but otherwise, you can't, like, hey, listen, I need to call you because in a week my son's going to be kidnapped by this car. You can't make that phone call. It's kind of like... In- no, you can. You can say... You can call law enforcement and say, license plate of a van, suspicious activity, I think they're stalking children. And this is... Can't. This is a... No, this is amidst the 1980s satanic panic slash child abduction hysteria. I, I, I wrote a note, 1980s context, Adam Walsh. <laughs> John Walsh's kid. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like, I, I compare it to V for Vendetta, where they have this totally like fantastical <laughs> idea where they have eyes and ears everywhere and they're watching you all the time. But then they implement it in the most mundane way possible where they have people in vans with microphones <laughs> where today you don't need that. No. You have the internet and your computer and your phone and they're yeah. like, don't shit. don't have that in 1981. <laughs> so that's also, why. They're also really bad at Googling because it takes them a long time to come up with information. <laughs> That we can come up with. But there's no Google. There's no Google. They hadn't invented it, one, in 1999, but really in 1989 when the show's coming out. But 1999, we already had the internet. So the fucking fucking glowing mountain could have sent, like, information from 1981. They could have solved this crime way before Sam leapt into this fucking body. This is nonsense. Either way, by 1989, any government government project, like Project Starbright... Project Quantum Leap should have had a link to whatever you know Al Gore's internet was at the time. I keep trying to like go to Audacity. And like, uh, 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, I think we, we I think we've solved we this. We missed one very other important piece of this episode. Yeah. Ziggy apparently. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's part two. But Ziggy or Ziggy. God, Al is apparently really good with kids. Just for whatever reason. Al, so Al was an orphan. And Al really like spent uh, Al spent some time in orphanages that did not know how to treat children. Remember, his little sister died. His sister yeah. with the with Down syndrome. So Al really feels strongly for kids and likes being with kids and you know treats kids well. Um, but yeah, but also Magnum, uh, another Donald P. Belisario production. They call the, the oldest kid calls calls him a dork. Right. Yeah. Like like I know you're Is it laughing. Burt Reynolds. Kevin, well, Tom <laughs> I know you're lashing out, Kevin, but like, let's be real. Also, this 11 year old is definitely going to rub it out to Tom Selleck. That's a fucking. Lo- I uh, almost do. The, that's uh, a man. She, her, yeah. She says the man is terminally gorgeous. She's not wrong. And then says the only things, the only things. That, okay, first of all, Kevin is He's asking sensitive. asking love advice from his 11 year old sister. He deserves to be a virgin. Let's be real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then she says to him, the only thing that matters is that he's sensitive and knows about a woman's needs. Knowledge by gender jerk. That's what does how. she know about a woman's needs? She's eleven. <laughs> well, that's that's her reply. Said so knowledge by gender. It's important to mention that at a certain point they were gonna have Sam leap into Magnum. What? What? <laughs> but, Crossover? Well, yeah, they're both Donald Belisario shows. Whoa, that would have been so cool. Uh, it's like a that, show in a show. But that got scrapped. Oh, I'm so sad. Yeah. I'm also sad that this episode needs to end. Because we've been running very long. Normally, it's supposed to be 20 minutes. We've been going on for 38 minutes. It was worth it. Hey, totally worth it. Listen, guys, if you're enjoying this uh, production by CTB Presents, and I know you are, all three of you that are listening, uh, send us a tip on Venmo at City of the Breeds. That's the the address. Just a tip. Just the tip. And we'll see how it feels. I bet you will. We'll see how it feels. I think it'll feel good uh, because, you know, this beer is expensive. All right. uh, See you next time.